check, check, white check. Presented by Empire on PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races with your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. Presented by Enfab. FlyRacing.com. It's Vegas, May 5th. 12.09. We're late starting today. We're trying to get the server working. Not working so far, but we are podcasting it, so we're good. Hopefully it works soon. ASAP. Flyracing.com, the original stretch fabric racewear, their third generation light hydrogen line continues to lead the way in lightweight minimalist racewear design. Flyracing.com and fab.com. Proudly built in Houston, Texas, USA. Jeep, truck, or SUV parts. Bumpers, light mounting solutions. You name it, they got it. N-Fab.com. Great sponsors of the sport. The Ampro Yamaha team also depends on NFAB to go racing. And uh, we thank those guys and support them. And uh, so Las Vegas this weekend. Um, we are coming up on the finals. East-West shootout. That should be exciting. 16-point lead for Cooper Webb. 14-point lead for Mookie Stewart. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to having a good time. Uh, producing the show, holding things down in the, in the over there. And uh, probably I blame him for all of these screw-ups. The Tits Legendary. What's up, Tits? From the bottom of my heart, I'm sorry for screwing this up for you. No, I blame you. I'm sorry. Uh, are you worried about Ryan Dungey this weekend? He's now lost a little bit. And maybe, um, you know. Um, well, he's got the title. So it's not the end of the world. He's already lost the uh, podium streak. I was surprised. That how much he appeared to not care about that. Like, he was happy he wrapped the championship up. I yeah. was pretty bummed. I'm yeah. like, oh, no, it's over. Right, podium But straight. I didn't see even anything close to a frown on his face when he was done. So I said, yeah. Yeah, if he doesn't care, then why should I? <laughs> right? I guess, but Tomac and Roxon are getting some confidence, bro, Ooh, and the yeah, outdoors are. are coming up. Yeah, they are. I, I, I'm, I, I feel pretty good about Dungey this weekend. Okay. Pretty good. All right. Well, maybe not enough to actually put money on. Be it, nice but to be I, a, I feel pretty good. Must be nice to be a Ryan Dungey fan where everything just goes perfectly right all the now, time. Right now, it's pretty great. Uh, all right. With that, let's welcome our uh, first guest on the show. He is uh, from Racerex Online. He's my boss, Jason Wygant. What's up, Weege? Uh, are we not even going to have callers? I'm very confused over all this. We're going to try to get some callers. We're going to tweet out that you can call in. We're still trying to give away a helmet, right. Fly Racing F2 Carbon Racing helmet. Um, what do you? What's your take on Tits saying Dunge didn't look like he cared that much about the podium streak? Do you, I think he did. I mean, obviously, look, he's happy. He won the Supercross title and all that. But I think he. I mean, dude, that's an incredible streak. Why wouldn't he like be? You know, want to keep it going? Well, on paper, yes. But I, I, I agree with Tits actually. Just outwardly seeing how he reacted to it. Yeah, the end of a thirty-one race podium streak does seem bad and honestly those last few laps i think that was all anyone was thinking about i mean you knew he was going to clinch the title it was like is he going to get silly is he going to get him and they were close it was making it even more exciting and then oddly he's 
you know, going over the finish line jump the moment the streak is broken and pumping his fist. And I couldn't see any uh, anger or sadness or disappointment about that at all. Yeah. Maybe on lap 18 or 19, it was running through his mind. But I think once he crossed the finish and it settled in, he won the title. I think there's just too much pressure and too much relief that goes with that to possibly ever be disappointed. I don't think they can be disappointed when they're being handed the number one plate, no matter what uh, else happens. So I, I agree with Tits. I don't think he – he might have thought he was going to care, but he did not. Right. He did not care at all. 31 races. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Well, that's the other thing to keep in mind. If he was one short of taking the record, then maybe it would be worse. But he has the record anyway. Now all he's doing is just extending it, I guess, for someone else to potentially break. But let's be honest, we've already gone through Jeremy McGrath so and Chad Reed yeah, how, and Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart. Well, if they couldn't do 31 in a row, who else is? How the F does McGrath not have that record, right? Like, how did, how did he not get it? Like, that's freaking amazing. I feel like in the uh, – McGrath days, wouldn't there always be like two or three races a year? He just kind of randomly like, I'd fall in the first turn and finish like fifth. I think that was accepted. Yeah, yeah. And it was only that, uh, I mean, once we had like Reed Carmichael Stew, you and I have said it before, it did not matter what happened. They were going to finish in the top three. It did not matter. Yeah. Last to third, no problem. Right, right. It's just become the thing now. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Yeah. Dungey's got to win this weekend, though. I'm kind of with JT a little bit. Like the great Ross Rollerwall Peterson, also, you know, saying that you uh, you can't let your guys beat you more than a couple times uh, before you get confidence issues. So, Dungey Dungey needs to win this weekend. He really does. It doesn't mean anything. He's got the title, but what do you think? Yeah, I want to clarify that because I believe a lot of us have been saying it, and I think some people misinterpret that as us uh, belittling or or not respecting what Dungey's accomplished this year. Like, we we all fully know that he was the best rider this year, absolutely, hands down, no doubt. The best rider last year, hands down, no doubt. I mean, we're not saying that three weekends in a row, Roxon riding well suddenly puts Roxon on equal footing. I mean, Dungey won the title with a big points league. Dungey's the guy. Yeah. But we just know how weird this sport is from that confidence momentum side. And as dumb as it might be for him to hold the number one plate, and then one guy wins a couple things at the end, you would think they don't equal out. That's the way racing is. You're only as good as your last race, they say, right? It actually does make a difference, even though you don't think it should. So that's not us belittling what Dungeons accomplished. That's just us seeing how these things go through the years. It does mean something. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. Um, you know, the, everyone starts from zero and all that good stuff, but if Dunge doesn't win for, uh, it'll be three weeks? Yeah, three three, weeks, three, yeah. three races. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And Kenny, Kenny put on a show last week. He put yeah. on a show. Yeah. Yep. You know, so it uh, it'll be interesting it's to see. Tough. Yeah, it'll be interesting yeah. to see. Um, it's really unfortunate that that it, that it goes like that. Um, you know, I, I see Dungy over there and the team celebrating this championship. And it's like everyone knows that you're only two or three weeks from, well, now you've accomplished nothing. You're all starting back at zero, and you're doing even, you know, what you could easily argue is the harder task, right, the more grueling task. Like, uh, that's just it's like finishing up one college final. You're all pumped, and your friends want to go out and get drunk, and you have another one the next day. Yeah, yeah, really, right? Do you think, yeah. are, you, uh, are you in my boat? I wrote this this week, and... Talked about a little bit on the Infab Fantasy Moto podcast this morning. Like, I think Dun- I think Tomac's fixed, quote unquote. I think he's good. 
Yeah, I think so. You know, you and I had a long conversation with Bruce from Kawasaki, and he said it was fixed. He said it was better, and we've heard that from a million team guys and a million teams through the years. And honestly, I think we heard it specifically about Tomac like two other times, you know, previous to this. You know, Glendale, they said the same thing, and it got on the podium, and he wasn't fixed. Um, So we were skeptical. But I guess now that you link up, and he did ride, you were there. He did actually ride well in St. Louis also, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He qualified fastest, and uh, yeah, I mean, he was stuck in second gear for the whole main event, so. Right. You know. Um, So I just feel like all this evidence they're giving us, specifically, we'll let everybody know if we haven't put it out, Tomac had his own personal suspension guy over the team. It didn't work out. They let him go. They kind of just did it the Kawasaki way now. So there's like a tangible behind-the-scenes change matching up with a tangible change in results for three straight weeks. I just can't see how you don't think that, okay, they've turned a significant corner here. It just seems too obvious. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I, I mean, again, I think this this personal suspension guy was just they were testing a lot. They were maybe going the wrong direction, um, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And I think that it showed that you know the Honda guys kind of were scratching their heads at times too. And this was a good this was a good thing to do. You know, they kind of broke it down to zero, and uh, you know, yeah. it started from there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the guy at all, so I really, I mean, I, I can't comment too much because I just don't know too much about it. I'm just saying. It's one thing when they say nothing changed and he starts riding better, but when they give you a significant thing, a significant change behind the scenes, and then say we expect this to be significantly better, and then it actually is. It actually is, right, yeah. It's kind of getting hard to argue. I know that you know he only finished seventh at St. Louis, but everybody says that he was faster or looked better there than most of the races this year. So, other thing, I think um, I think Tomac and Roxon got a, a little chip on their shoulder in a way. I, I think going in this weekend – I think Tomac's bummed that everyone just keeps saying, well, you know, he's an outdoor guy. He's an outdoor guy. Look what he did outdoors last year. Look what he did at Daytona. Um, I don't think he ever thought of himself that way. I think it's just the way the circumstances have worked out. Mm-hmm. I think he really wants to show everybody, like, no, I'm not an outdoor guy. I'm just as good. I can win in Supercross. So I think for Tomac, he's only got one more shot to win in a stadium this year. I think this would mean a lot to him this weekend. I think so too. Um, and have you seen the track? Tracks, tracks, typical Vegas. It's long. It's got Thunder Alley. Starts inside. Um, big whoops. Uh, you know, hard packed, slippery um, stuff that Tomac's done well on before. He's he's won he's won West Coast races before. Well, you bring up the ultimate point. I mean, there was a two year span. Well, actually, the entire three years he was in the lights class or two fifty class, whatever you, whatever it was called then. Yeah. I mean, he almost won the title as a rookie. He was pretty darn strong when he won the title his second year. And he was actually more dominant the third year, but then he blew it with a couple of dumb races and crashes, and Roxanne got the title. But it's definitely not – and they were all west. You know, yeah. he didn't ever race 250 East. Yeah, at that point, no one was saying, yeah, tell him that's okay, it's Supercross. He yeah. was really good. So I think he's trying to remind everyone. It's just unfortunate that he has to live up to the standard of winning a moto at Hangtown by a minute and a half, <laughs> dominating those races last year. That that's just what's burned in everyone's mind. Like, is he going to? Is anyone on earth going to win Supercrosses with that kind of? Yeah. Distance? It's just not going to happen. Like, you just can't. You can't say he's not as good at Supercross because he doesn't win by a minute and a half. That didn't make any sense. That yeah. was otherworldly. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, Tits brought up an extra interesting point before we came on the air. Like, it is, we all think Roxon's going to Honda. We're, I'm 100% sure he is. And, and you know, we'll see him on a, on a Red Buck next year, multi year deal and everything else. But it is interesting that at the end of KTM, 
You know, Roxon, when he was on his last year at KTM, he went 1-1 at Red Bud. I was talking to him after the race, and he told me he didn't like his bike. Didn't like his bike. And I'm like, you just dominated Red Bud. Yeah, but blah, 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 blah. Okay, so he goes to Suzuki. Kind of, you know, goes through Spring Forks, Air Forks. He's back on air. He's made some chassis changes. He's credited his bike over and over for these wins that he's gone in his hot streak. He, you know, he hasn't, he didn't win all the races, but he's been right there if he didn't win them, which he has the last uh, two weeks. And he's credited his bike and he's happy and all this, but he's leaving. He's leaving. And you wonder, like, well, what took so long and why, you know, or do you regret it a little bit? He'd never answer that question, but it's a little weird. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely it is. I mean, I think it's partially just because all of us are such wusses um, that, that he doesn't get, you know, placed with this question every single week for the last year and a half. But, I mean, it is the undeniable truth, right? He chose to – I'm over there watching KTM celebrate this title and basically taking over the world. And uh, They've won another thing. They've accomplished another thing. And it kept running through my mind. I'm like, how weird is it that they not only have Dungey, but they already had the next guy, and he chose to leave this. And he absolutely chose to leave it. I've heard several people say, well, that's what happens when you go after the money. He would have made more money staying at KTM. That was, it was absolutely – not a money thing. He chose to leave that uh, situation, and it's taken. And then it's—is it not even stranger to then hear a year and a half of he's trying to get the bike where he wants it? And I'm like, well, that's why you left. You left yeah. to be on this bike. Um, so yeah, it's it's very unfortunate. I mean, maybe he does look back. He'll never say it. And honestly, I, Kenny's so honest. I could even see him saying. Even if he did admit that he regretted it, he'd say, but I own it. I was 20 years old. I made the decision. That's on me. I don't think he'd blame anybody. But I feel like it's only now that he's gotten to where he probably thought he'd be all along. Yeah. And I think he's probably pretty pissed off about it and pretty fired up. And and you and I have also talked about leaving Alden Baker. I'm sure everybody's questioned that one. So I think this is all like fuel to the fire right now. He's finally got things where he wants them to be. I think he's fit. I think he got the bike right. And I think he wants to finally shut everybody up and be like, I know you all think I made the wrong decision, and maybe I did, but look, now it's going to work. <laughs> so that's what makes this summer so interesting. Yeah, he's, and he's going to leave again. The Alden right? Baker thing, I know from talking to him, it bugs the shit out of him that people say, right. you know, he can't win without yeah. Alden Baker. And But, I mean, he hasn't. He, you can point to these wins and say, you know, he killed it. He, he just won the Supercross in, uh, in Jersey by the largest margin all year. Good job. Guess who's got the number one plate still, you know? Yeah, and that's that's it. I mean, I don't think anyone would be coming after him like mean spirited or biased. Yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. Listen, you won an outdoor title in KTM, and KTM's won all the titles since you chose to leave that program. Baker's won all the titles since you left. Yeah, I mean, it's just the, it's just the sheer facts of it. But I think we're a little bit nicer in this sport where, uh, you know, LeBron James had to endure four years of questions about leaving the Cleveland Cavaliers until it bugged him so badly he just had to go back. Yeah, um, yeah. We're a lot nicer. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't really recall Kenny really ever being having the screws put to him, yeah. where anyone said, "What are you stupid?" Dude, I, I, I wish I could go back to a conversation I had with JT and I think Truman or somebody at RVs when we were talking about Kenny switching, and I was like, "This is a bad idea," and he's got, "No, no, no, no," I'm telling you, yeah. I, I think, Kenny, I really 100% think this was a big, big WMG agency move. 
It really was. It was like uh, Hart, Carmichael, Suzuki. You love Suzuki's pinks there. Uh, you know, Carey needs a, a number one rider. Uh, he's Astafan and WMG are invested in that. Kenny's there. He's young. He's influenced. He's influenced easily. And I, I always just said, why are you leaving a factory? Why are you leaving a factory team that can build you, you know, anything you need and everything else? And I just, uh, I, I 100% believe that. I wish I could go back in time because I was called many names and um, now he's going back to a factory team. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, nobody likes to hear that everybody leaves for the money, but it would have been cool if they at least got to say that. Like, I made way more money doing this, but I can tell you, I know for the record he did not make more money by going to RCH. I mean, KTM literally said, we don't even know what they're offering you. We'll just match it, whatever it is. <laughs> this is 2014. Yeah. We'll just match it. And whatever we're, and what you're, we're paying you now for the remaining couple of right. months of your deal, we'll just double it right now. So you'll get a raise from us today, and you'll make whatever you're going to make with them. And, I and also, he just said, no, I'm not, yeah. I'm not interested. The guy's a German kid, Austrian company KTM, a German company or Austrian Red Bull company, like it's just yeah. perfect. It's everything's perfect, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just so, so curious. Um, and I mean, like you've said, we said the the factor there just hasn't worked out the way. It's just so strange to hear him leave because he didn't like KTM and Suzuki felt great for him. And it's taken literally eighteen months now to get the Suzuki apparently where he really wants it. I mean, it was started out pretty well in Supercross last year, but I mean the Nationals last year they had yeah. huge problems. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, we saw the dad's interview, dropped a bomb on everybody. Um, yeah. Also, yeah. too, I have zero proof of this, uh, and it could be 100% sour grace, but the KTM guys were told me, that a big boss at KTM told me that they did not like the way that they never, ever got a final chance to look at the deal and make an offer and everything else. It was uh, It was all forced was all sort of coerced, led down the river to an RCH deal with Kenny. Now, again, I have no proof. I'm totally taking one side of it, so I'm not saying that happened. But they weren't happy with the way things went down with the agency, with Kenny and all that. And, again, it just kind of leans to me to be like, oh, man, you know? Like, so who knows? Who knows? But um, it's all interesting. It's good stuff to talk about. Now, what if we smash cut to uh, Daytona next year, Weege? And Roxon's going, man. I just, I just, I'm not happy with the bike. We're just not there yet, you know. Short off season, uh, didn't get a lot of testing. You know, hurt an ankle half halfway through testing. I'm just going to throw my hands up and be like, yeah, good job, great job. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a risky take. I mean, we just saw what happened with Tomac here. Yeah, um, you know, I, he, it's just, I mean, he, yeah. Tomac was on a bike. You could not have a bike rider combo doing better than those first five and three-quarters motos last year for Tomac. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. Couldn't, there are no levels that are higher than that level. And then he, you know, same thing, leaves, because he, I don't think, really ever really thought he was getting on with the Honda, and we know how he's accomplished the last few years of Lopoto and whatnot. So I think he thought he was upgrading as well. And, you know, and here we are. It took 14 rounds to the point, and he did have an injury during the off season. but you said, who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just dealing with a little bit. Yeah, same thing. It's like... You got off the bike that was just unbelievable, and half a season later, you're almost maybe getting the superior bike to be <laughs> as good as the one that sucked. Yeah. Yeah, I just uh, – it's interesting, man. It's it's really interesting. If Kenny wins these outdoors, you're just going to go, really, guy? You finally found it. You're all happy, and you're out. And now you got to get used to Honda. <laughs> so. Well, 
Yeah. I think the one X factor this time around is uh, I, I we we know that the the money situation wasn't in it as far as leaving KTM, but I, I do we know? Like I wouldn't yeah, be surprised yeah, if yeah, you're, you're saying literally dumping a yeah yeah you're saying money. Honda might be dumping right, right. so much money in his lap, but he's have to do it. Yep. No, maybe, maybe, but you know, there's the yeah. old thing that Mitch Payton used to say that uh, less money and salary you can make up in a bonus by winning a title on a bike that you're comfy with or whatever, you know. So yeah, true. It's yeah, yeah it's going to be interesting to see, and I just uh, you know I, I hope that we just don't see Kenny being like ah, just not used to the Honda. I got a lot of work to do. <laughs> just like jeez. Oh, yeah, guys. maybe this is the magic bullet that probably solves it, but for whatever it's worth. Mm-hmm. Every first year of a new generation Honda dating back for a long time now yeah. has been rough. Now, uh, this might be the bike where that's not a problem, but I swear to God they said that was going to be the same thing the last time. What would that have been, 2012? So yeah. late 2011, McGrath is like, no, we, we, I was involved in testing. We won't have those problems. This bike is going to be ready from the get-go. Um, and, again, it took about three years before anyone was even remotely happy with it. So that's another Another risk. Again, that doesn't yeah. mean it's going to happen again, but yeah, it's happened yeah. well, what, three or four times. The, yeah, the people I talked to, uh, I talked to about the new Honda. I'm trying to find out. Like it's all new bike, all new is all you hear, right? Yeah. I'm trying yeah, to yeah. find out what that means. And I've people I've talked to are like, yeah, it's it's new chassis, it's a new motor design, um, it's it's oh, pretty yeah, much a new pictures, bike. Pictures, uh, you know. Don went over there to Japan Nationals, and I was actually looking at pictures of it with the Geico guys last week. I mean, it's it's definitely different. It's definitely yeah. all new. Yeah. So you know, so I wonder. I'm trying to find out how new and how radical because the 09 was pretty different. 12 was pretty yeah. different. So um, yeah, it should yeah, be I mean, interesting. It's to see. Different. Yeah. I mean, even the engine, for example, is I think well, they could tell by looking at it. The engine looks significantly shorter. I think it's a, I think it's a single cam. Oh, I'm sorry, a dual cam. Sorry, dual cam. They are oh, single really? cam now. I, I think didn't look at the head. I forgot even to look into that, although I don't know if you could even see the head that well from the pictures I saw. But the bottom no. line is, that's when the engine's being short in front to back, that's a significant change, as you know, when you're down to that. Right. Changing the case is that much. So it's different. Yeah. We'll, we'll on, see if they on, got it ready. You know, honestly, too, part of Dungy, or part of uh, Rocks and Leaving, I think, was a little bit of a, I want to be the man. I want to be the guy. And I think that has something to do with Tomac leaving Honda. I want to be the guy. I want, you know, egos get involved. These guys are young. They want to be the stars on their teams. Be careful what you wish yeah. for, man. Be careful what you wish for. I, I know, but I don't. It's easy to say that now, seeing what Ryan Dungey has become. But I just don't really see in 2013, 2014, where Roxon had a fear that he was going to be. You know, low man on the totem pole to Ryan Dungey. I mean, I, I have no, a feeling. No, it's not that they're low that, man on the toll. No, I'm sorry, not not that they're low man on the toll, but they want to be the guy getting all the attention. Yes, that's true. Dungey certainly would never be just like thrown yeah. on the back burner. No, neither guy uh, would be. No, neither guy would be. But these guys yeah. want to be that way. Maybe their man friends are telling them that too. A little yeah, bit of that maybe. involved, you know. So I don't know. I think there's a lot of drama that we've always been looking for that never happened. We we thought, oh, Roxon and Villapoto, they can't possibly train together with Alma Baker. This cannot work. Well, it was fine. And then, I mean, Roxon and Dungey went toe-to-toe for 24 motos in the same truck, and there was never an issue, not even once. So I don't know. I'm not going to assign anything that I've never had any proof that, that has happened. I'm not saying it happened. I'm saying these guys want they want to be the guy. Like you know, I we, like I, you know, I had to be careful just assuming that it happened when it the situation it might not. 
I had a team manager tell me, you know, he had two high-profile riders, and, you know, one of the riders' camp noticed that the manager always spoke to one rider first, and that was brought up as an issue. And the, the manager was like, I'm just walking from the track into the tent, and the tent happened to be situated where the one rider that was on the right or left or whatever side it was was the first guy coming from the track, you know? And so I, I stopped to talk to the first rider I saw, and it was the other guy for two or three weeks because the, I was coming back from the track. Well, this was brought up. This was brought up as, a, as, a, as an issue. Yeah, I you mean, know. that sounds ridiculous, but that is absolutely – I mean, it's so – Oh, everything's just so tedious, so tedious. Like <laughs> one little thing can tip it in the wrong direction. We hear it all the time. Yep. Sure. Uh, let's get to Dave. Dave, what's going on? Welcome to the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. Hello? Hey, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, what's up, Mathis? Thanks for taking my call, man. No problem. Uh, first time caller, uh, fairly new listener. Been listening for about a month. And, uh, oh, thanks, I bud. put on my headphones on the rooftop all day and I just zone out, man. Do it's you? Awesome. Do you listen to the Pulp Show, the Fly Racing Moto 60 Show, and the Racer X podcast, or there's one show that you like better? Um, mostly the Pulp Show. Okay. It really makes for a whole day. <laughs> it does. It does. It's it's a full day. You're right. Awesome, man. Well, my question is, um, it's about number plates. Okay. Uh, I'm just curious. Uh, still new to kind of racing, and I'm rocking the number eight. And I just kind of noticed around the track, me and my cousin were talking, that nobody really rocks the number eight. And uh, I kind of looked up on a professional level, and... I noticed Grant Langston was the only one to rock number eight for a while, mm-hmm. and after that, nobody's taken that number. So I'm just curious: is it cursed or is it no? Respect, um, you in our sport, if you want a single-digit number, you have to win a national title. So uh, 250, 450 motocross, or 450 uh, supercross. Um, you can pick any number you want if you win one of those, and but only you can. But and you can pick a single-digit number if you want. Roxon's gone with ninety-four because that was his childhood number. Uh, Dungey's gone with five. Eight's eight's out there uh, just to be picked by. Next time we have like a new winner, Jeremy Martin was our or our last new winner to pick a guy, and he he won at six. Um, there's nine is still open, right? Nine is open for Tedesco, and um. I think that's it. Eight and nine are open. Two? Two is open? Yeah, I guess two is open. Sure, why not? Two is, uh, yeah, I guess two is. I, I never yeah. thought of that, yeah, because uh, we got MC and we got RV, but yeah, it's open. So um, two, eight, and nine are open, and so the next time we get like a first-time winner that doesn't have a permanent number, Dave, they can pick uh, two, eight, or nine. Huh. Right. So that's Appreciate how it works. It, yeah, no worries. Thanks, buddy. Cool. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I never thought of that. Like, two is open. Yeah, RV's not coming back. So, uh, I guess not, huh? Yeah, I guess not. So uh, the next guy could be uh, could be Cooper Webb, maybe if if he wins a title. Because um, everyone else has numbers like Tomax three and Roxon and Dunge, Anderson. Is that a permanent number? I think it is. Anderson, yeah, I could... definitely the permanent number. I don't know if he would try to, you know, he would then be able to pick a single digit if he won, if he won one of these. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if he would at this point. Well, how long until somebody makes the 250 Supercross class uh, eligible for single digit numbers? That'll be that'll happen uh, soon. Uh, you know, we're going to need more than nine single digits. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's pretty ridiculous. But um, anyways, uh, getting back to 450 class, I'm going to talk 250s with JT Jason Thomas coming up here. Fly Race and Moto 60 Show presented by NFAB. We're back. We're back streaming, by the way, so we're fixed. Um, 
Uh, we talked about Dungeon, we talked about Roxon, and we talked about Tomac being fixed, uh, quote-unquote fixed. Um, for this weekend, Weege, do you think Vegas favors, like, Anderson, Muscan, those type of guys, a little more West Coast dudes? Anderson, of course, from New Mexico. Marvin's always good at slippery technical tracks. Like, they could be up there. Sealy, another guy coming up a podium. I think a couple things that are underrated in Vegas. I think, uh, you know, Vegas has all this glitz and glamour. So it doesn't get thought of, I think, as like for the gnarliness. But it's got three, like, balls out elements. I mean, first of all, it's way the hell faster than any other track they do. Yeah. Um, and I know for these guys, just clicking one other gear is not something that scares them. But I mean, it's pretty ridiculous, um, that uh, Monster Alley situation. I mean, it's way the hell faster than they're going at almost any point uh, all year, yep. even outdoors, I'd say. And the roost is by far the worst of any Supercross and about as bad as any national. And then most years the whoops are bad, like or gnarly. I gnarly, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's a good, good thing. They're not always – there's been years where the whoops are just really close together and they just can bounce over the top, no problem. But a lot of times they're really difficult. So I think it's much more of a gnarly track. Uh, than maybe it's given uh, credit for. And I think those have sometimes been a little tough on uh, Muscan. But, um, I mean, we're still – Muscan's an interesting one, right? I feel like we're seeing more of a the track affects the results for him than, than maybe anybody else right now. Don't you feel that way? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. I do, yeah. Um, also, too, like Anderson's a guy that has third down on lock, you know. I'm not saying yep. he's not going to try this weekend. But I could see yeah. Jason Anderson being like, ah, I got third. You know, I'm I'm not. It's a long track, like you said, Thunder Alley, everything else. I could see Anderson just, I don't want to say mailing it in, but, you know, I don't know. Well, I think that's the other thing that really tests the gnarliness. Okay, I know that uh, the world hates the idea of the Supercross chase format. But we all know that by the time you get down to Vegas, most of these guys' points are locked in. And if there's even a 1% risk of anything that could affect them for the Nationals, they pull the plug on it immediately. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you get this track that's super damn fast and these whoops that are super deep um, and this roof that hurts real bad. It, I mean, you don't need to give them any temptation to just pack it in. <laughs> Wait till hang down. Yeah. And the track gives them plenty. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I agree. Uh, 702-586-7857. Give us a call here. Jason Wygan on the line. Uh, flyracing.com. Trey Kennard, Justin Brayton. You know who else wears fly? Weege. Well, but so, uh, eight, 8 million other guys do, but my next uh, subject, Davey Millsaps coming back. Yeah. This weekend. What do you think? How's he going to do? You know, he's been riding. He's been trying to attempt this comeback uh, for a while. I mean, it goes back... I think to the very beginning of April that he first got on a bike and, and thought he might be okay for Santa Clara. He told me that he's hurt ribs and punctured lungs before, but it was always part of other injuries that took forever. So he never knew what the exact time back from ribs would be, so he thought it would be quicker mm-hmm. than it turned out to be. But, I mean, it's a, any, almost any proof of dudes jumping in midstream is tough. And then to jump in at the last race, um, you know, and he did try to race last weekend and he wasn't ready, so that just – just a lot of evidence of, I mean, how ready could he possibly be? He, you know, six days ago they decided New Jersey's not going to work. So I just don't know how ready he's going to be. Um, the only thing that might save him is just at the goal for Millsaps this year was to kind of put himself back on the salary map for next year, right? Mm-hmm. That was the goal. Well, he was doing a great job. Yeah. He got messed up. Well, so maybe he's got a little 
fit between the teeth of like, I have to go out and kill it in Vegas. I have to. And with these other dudes, maybe not caring as much, maybe the door's open, but I think it's going to be tough. Yeah. He is, uh, he's back on the team next year. At least that's what the team is saying. He's coming back. He's done. So, so he does not have to ride for a deal. No, no, he does not. Do you, what do you think of Bloss? Benny Bloss's ride. He's fast in the whoops. He's not scared. Well, I know he didn't make the main at um, Foxborough, and then he did last week, but I think you just got to look at who he's who he ends up battling with in these semis and LCQs. Like, they're fairly legit dudes. I, I know that everybody hates Vince Freezy, but you and I both agree he's a good rider. Mm-hmm. And he straight up caught and passed Freezy for a transfer spot. Now, Freezy got him in the last turn with – it wasn't a Freezy move. It's just what you yeah, do yeah, in the last no, turn. Yeah, that's fine. Right. But the bottom line is, you know, in the last spot, Freezy was riding as fast as he possibly could to hold him off, and he couldn't hold him off. And Freezy's a good rider. And Bloss is, I mean, Bloss is a rookie. Bloss has only ridden two 450 races ever. He's barely raced any pro races at all. I was, and even some of the guys he was in the mix with at Foxborough before he crashed, I thought he was faster than I expected him to be. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so, yeah. yeah. It, it, he wants to stay in 450s because he's so big, and I get it, but... The kid, he's not—he's going to have to find a 250 rod. That's just going to have to how it works. Yeah, because the problem you have is, first, it's hard to get a ride that's that's halfway decent. And then still, every year we go into Anaheim saying, what, that there's literally 20 factory riders that are main event dudes? It's hard to build a career just starting out as that bubble dude who's barely making main events. Like, that's how you start. I mean, that's the, that's the road Western Pike. It's the road he hoed, and it was not easy. Hoed. Um, you said hoed. I like that. He probably did that, too. Right. Um, I'm just saying, like, being a borderline bubble main event guy, mm-hmm. it just kind of paints you into a corner. That's, I think, what took Pike so long to get a ride. It took, like, three years for people to re- realize, oh, he's no longer this borderline main mm-hmm. event guy. Right. He's legit. Um, you know, if you were getting eighth in the 250 class, you would be looking at least a lot better or maybe feeling a lot better, too. Uh, I mean, dude, look at Colt Nichols. How much heat has there been for Colt Nichols for next year? Oh, cut, my God. Right? Uh, so much Colt Nichols heat. It's 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 ridiculous. Yeah. And what has he done? He's had one podium, two? <laughs> I think one, yeah. That's what I mean. Like, just that's the difference. You get a bunch of fourths and a third in the 250 class, and it's like the phone will not stop ringing. You're getting borderline main event in the 450 class, which might be equal. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I, I, I agree. I, a Kyle Chisholm yeah. is just done, written off, forget it, can't yeah. do anything. He's garbage. And meanwhile, he's he's a 12th-place guy every main event when he when he races. Yeah, that's but, it. So it's, yeah. that is that might be the equivalent of a 5th-place guy or a 4th-place guy in the 250s, which we would, again, you'd just be being paid. and. Mm-hmm hooked up and free shit coming at you all the time. <laughs> exactly. Hey, we, before we let you go, uh, we got some phone calls we're going to get to here on the Fly Race and Moto 60 show presented by Infab. Before we let you go, though, uh, we're going to quickly, quickly, keyword, jump into the off-road world. Uh, Charlie Mullins called it quits this week, uh, a guy that you're pretty friendly with, and we all know he was right there with Caleb Russell. Russell's a multi-time GNCC goat right now, killing it, and Mullins was pretty much on his level, broke his wrist. Finally, after rehab and rehab and rehab, he uh, he had to call it a career, which is a shame, a real shame. 
Yeah, and uh, I know some people might be rolling their eyes and saying, well, I don't care about off-road, but it's the same thing. It applies anywhere. I mean, he basically ended up with two broken wrists, and he did it on a motocross track because his bike cut out. So this is the same thing. To me, the lesson I take out of it is not just what it was for him, but it's just amazing how fleeting it could be. Like, even Ryan Dungey, who is the most solid, consistent rider maybe ever, you can always be that one, not even your fault, weirdo deal away yeah. from it just all being gone. Yeah. And we've seen it happen uh, time and time again. It's just a really cruel uh, I mean, uh, reminder. I can't imagine what it's really like for these guys to live through that. I mean, Charlie, I talked to him this week, and he said all the right things. But, I mean, how haunted must he be by bike cutting out on a double and it just all being over? And, and he, was, he was on top of the world in GNCC at the time. Yeah, yeah, as you say, Caleb Russell is all-timer now, looking like, oh, is he one of the best ever or the best ever? And he and Mullins were the guys that battled every week. I mean, it was – I mean, just the equivalent now, it's like, oh, Roxon and Dungey, they're swapping back and forth. That's kind of where they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, Russell did beat him for the title the previous year, but it was close. Um, I don't know yeah. if he was going to win the title that year, but he certainly had many more years of winning races and being paid and making money ahead of him. Yeah, well, I, I I don't know Charlie at all. He seems like a nice guy. I've read your interviews and uh, and everything else, and uh, some people put out some nice things on Instagram. So I just yeah, wanted to ask you about him. So seemed uh, seemed like a nice guy. Too bad. Well, we'll see where he, he ends up next. Um, as you know, he's uh, John Ayers is a name that most people probably don't know as fans, but inside the industry, he's a huge mover and shaker. And uh, Charlie's married to John's daughter, so he's kind of got a job waiting for him if he wants it. But he did tell me that KTM is maybe brewing something up also. So yeah, there we go. He'll figure something out, which is nice. But at no point did he ever say like. I'm good because I got that. Like, he wants to damn race his motorcycle. That's what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. So that's what's up. Uh, Arena Cross World Finals for you this Friday? Yes, not announcing, though, are we? No, we are not. We are not announcing. We pulled the pulled the plug on that. Uh, but yeah. it should be fun. I'll uh, be there. Eight-point lead for Gavin Faith over uh, Chris Bloss. Yep. So. Right on. I'm going to have to change points format uh, even more <laughs> now to make it even closer. Screw the chase, bro. Screw the chase. Well, I'm just saying eight points. That's a huge lead for the chase. Yeah, it is. It is. It actually is. Yeah, considering all things. All things considered. Next year, maybe they'll just take the tide going into the last round. Reset it again. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Uh, All right, buddy. Thank you for doing this, and we'll see you in Vegas on on Friday. Yep. All right. Tomorrow. All right. Next guest, Fly Racing Zone, Jason Thomas. JT, what's up? What's happening? Tits broke the streamer, and now we're back, though. All right. Uh, What are you doing? What's up? How's things at Fly Racing? Uh, just at work. Everything's good. Ready for Vegas. Well, this and you're not going to the Arena Cross World Finals. No. Why? No. Why? Uh, I don't really want to. It's, I guess would be a, the best answer. It's, it's big, nasty. Potentially being a championship winning mechanic. I've been to a race uh, sixteen out of seventeen weekends. I think uh, one one day this weekend will be enough for me. All right. Fair enough. Uh, it's actually before we get to talking about two fifties with you. Tim's got a really appropriate question for you. Tim, welcome to the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. What's your question about gear deals? Tim, you there? Tim? All right, bye, Tim. Uh, Tim had a question about gear deals for top riders. I thought that'd be right up your alley. Most ever national starts, but he missed the start of that phone call. He did. Chris, what's going on? Welcome to the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. Thanks for calling. What's up, bud? Pretty good, pretty good. Well, obviously, we know that the MMI out thing is part of our sport. 
So I was looking into that. I actually need your help, Steve. Um, I go there in August, and right now I'm a little down on funds. So I was hoping that you could probably campaign off my um, my GoFundMe account uh, to help me raise a little bit for my tuition. Um, I have a good little bit left. I have 17000 and they want thirty-seven. So Damn. I'm trying to get. I'm, yeah, I know. So I'm trying to get twenty more. And right now it's going pretty good, but it's a little slow right now. And I'm I, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to get it before August. The latest is October. So um, I was looking to see if you could probably share the link or anything. Um, that would be helpful. Yeah, sorry, bud. Not gonna do that. Because if I do it for you, I gotta do it for everybody. You gotta hit up all these GoFundMe guys. Oh, so really? good luck with everything, though. Do you have a question besides that or no? Uh, Yeah. um, How did you get the name for the show Popamex? Good question. Uh, I just I like Pulp Fiction. It was a uh, it was a uh, form of uh, comics in the 1950s and 60s that was kind of gritty, kind of uh, uh-huh. a little bit of uh, a real. Uh, you know, gets gets a little maybe a little censorship at times. And I thought it would uh, thought it would apply to motocross. I thought it would bring all that kind of edginess to uh, to moto. Really? Yeah. Wow. Right. Uh, that's good. That's good. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate but, uh, you call, bud. We got to go. We got to run. Not going to do that, Chris. Come on, bro. Uh, David, what's up? You got a thought about uh, Tomac and Roxon? Or do you want to go yeah. fund me? Do you want to go fund me, Link? Uh, you, you can fund me. I mean, <laughs> I'm a C-class, though. All right. Which won't be much. <laughs> what's up, Hey, buddy? I got to – it was for you and Weeds, but you, JT and you will be fine. It'll work. Um, I remember your co-host said on the, one of your previous talk shows about if you don't win a title in the first three years in the big boy class – your chances go way down. And I think Emig is the last big class rider to win a title probably after five or six years in the 250, 250 mm. class. What are your thoughts on Tomac and Roxon? Um, I think, uh, I, I think this it, is I, their third season, and they're obviously not going to win. So their chances obviously go way down now. Well, Roxon's won, like won, 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 won a big title. He won a 450 motocross title like two years ago. No, no, no. No, it, big um, Supercross. Supercross. Um, well, Emig was uh, year three. He started in 94, I believe. So no, no Emig started in 91. Mm, in 250 class? Yeah, he, I know it was 92 because that's when I started watching. He, he um, started in 92, definitely, with um, Bradshaw's teammates. Yeah, he rode outdoors he on 97. Still, though. Outdoors on 125s, yeah. Um, yeah, a little different era, a little different time, but I get it. Um, there is something to that. If you don't get into the class and win right away, it, it gets tougher and tougher, and you don't see it. You, you, it's absolutely true. Um, you think they can, uh, they can do it their fourth year beyond? Because next year, only one of the two can win. Yeah, next the other year. guy has to wait. Next year's big. Next year's big. I mean, Donji's a year older. Uh, we've been waiting for Roxon and Tomac to kind of take this thing, um, you know, and take the ball and run with it. They're certainly getting paid to win. And to be uh, top guys, um, so yeah, it's it's a big deal. Um, you know, hopefully, Roxon's going to have a new bike to adjust to, like we talked about with Wygant. And Tomac seems to be happy with his bike now. But man, it is just David Dungey's so tough. Man, the bike is great. His starts are great. Like these guys can't make mistakes starting at yeah. round one. You know, exactly. I hope you're around another twenty years so you can ask these guys what their bikes are really like. Yeah, I know, right? When yeah, they're, that, when they're not getting paid by the factories, because I hate it when you ask the bike question and they all love their bikes. 
Yeah, that's, like, that happens all the time. McGrath was on the cover of Transworld when he switched to KTM saying he was going to win. So yeah, yeah, they blew his hip out. Yeah, well, it, thanks it for happens. answering the question, yeah, guys. No problem. Thank you. Uh, Tim, you're back on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. you got a question about gear deals? Yeah, what's up, guys? What's up? What's your question? JT can probably help you with this. Yeah, y'all had talked the other in one of the other shows about going, Fly going after Webb and, you know, jokingly saying going after Stu or whatever. But uh, mm-hmm. the deal with, like, Kennard being their top rider, is that anywhere near – you know, like a deal like Roxon would get? Like, do they put down that kind of money? What do you think, JT? Uh, I would say that our deal, and, and I don't know, I, I have my suspicions and rumors and all that of what Roxon's getting paid. Um, I think Roxon's definitely paid more. I think Dungy's paid the highest. Um, Roxon's up there, too. Uh, but I, w- I would think that Trey's deal is less than those two guys. Uh, the question is, can we pay? Sure, we could pay it. You know, as a as Western Power Sports as a distributor, um, it's a really you know it's a very big company. So, yes, but yeah, you always have to factor in: does it make sense uh, for the brand, and are we going to get any sort of return on that much more of an investment, and yada yada yada. So, those are pretty interesting conversations to have, and you get people with different opinions. Um, but it all comes down to, you know, Fox as a brand is very, very large when you look at their whole brand of a clothing brand. So they have a much bigger resource pool um, as a Fox brand where I get, I don't want to say pigeonholed into, but the, the problem I face when trying to go after a big fish like that is, yes, Western Power Sports is a very, very large company, you know, bigger than Fox. But uh, our resources are coming from all these different avenues that, you know, we don't just pull from to market for. Yeah, you're, so, you're, not, you're not pulling from Sedona tire sales. No, yeah. no. It's, and especially other, you know, other brands that aren't even house brands, you know, yeah, that make yeah. up what yeah. we distribute. So it, it gets a little blurry there, but it's just tough to match an offer from someone like Fox who's pulling all of their money from one brand and can kind of umbrella that more. All right. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for the call, bud. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, it, it is interesting. Um, and you're saying that Fox... Fox, well, Fox pulls from Fox Casual and things like that. That's all Fox. Yep. Where you're saying uh, Sedona, for example, tires, something that you guys mm-hmm. own, um, that doesn't count. It's you know got to make yeah. the fly money. The fly sales have to equal the fly output. Or ish. right, I'll give you a great example. Okay, uh, for those of you who are, who are around to remember, I know you were Steve. Uh, say ten years ago, ten or eleven years ago, when Thor had probably 12 out of the top 20 riders, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they sponsored everyone, including your own Tim Ferry. Well, of course, as a brand, as the Thor brand, for them to do that would make zero sense. I mean, it absolutely would be the worst business decision you've ever seen. But Parts Unlimited decided that they would pool their resources and use Thor as their marketing tool for Parts Unlimited. So, Every time a rider was in Thor, it would represent Parts Unlimited in that store. Uh, whether that worked or not, or whether that was a good wow. decision, I don't know, I or I can't that, answer that. I think a lot of that was Jeff Fox's ego, to be honest. Yeah, yeah of course, yeah, of course. Yeah. But yeah. that was how they approached it. Mm-hmm. Was like we're gonna because just pulling from Thor's sales and, and marketing budget would oh be impossible. <laughs> you know imagine? what I mean? They were probably right. ten times over what they would theoretically spend. Uh, but they wanted to do it, you know. And mm-hmm. and really, when it comes down to it, when you have a one owner company like our company is, like you know, uh, Parts Limited with Fred Fox, it comes down to what they want to spend. You know, mm-hmm. if if my boss Craig Shoemaker said, you know what, I don't care, I'm just going to spend money. I, I we can, love. We can go hire whoever we want. I went and partied with Roxanne, and he's awesome. Just make it happen. 
Yep. Like, you know what yep. I mean? And, like, he, and he can. I mean, these guys are very successful businessmen. If they want to spend a, a number that doesn't make sense on paper, they have the ability to do that. I would advise, advise against it. Uh, that's my job. But they can do it. You know, no one's going to stop them if they, if they say we're doing something. Yeah, Fox is laying out some serious money with, uh, you know, Shift. If you include Shift in there, of course. Yep. Shad, Roxon, Dungy. Um, yeah, and I know they were – it was really, really touch and go on Roxon's deal, this last deal he did. Uh, he, you know, Parts Unlimited was, was hot and heavy after him uh, to get him away from Fox. And Fox was stretching. You know, Fox was in a big transition period, and they had all these other divisions laid out. And it, I know firsthand it was it was tough for them to make that deal happen. And I think Roxon actually had to to give a bit uh, on his end because he wanted to stay there. Right, right. Uh, let's get to Tyler. Tyler, welcome to the uh, Fly Race and Moto 60 show. What's your question, man? Hey, guys. How's it going? What's happening? Uh, Quick question. I kind of asked something like this before, like conflict of interest with RCH or Ricky designing the track at Daytona. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't like that question at all, Todd. I thought it was dumb, to be honest. <laughs> well, my question now is, you know, is there any in- conflict of interest of, like, Carmichael training with Savachi and stuff? I mean, you would think Roxon would train dude, what with is, what Carmichael. Is your deal I know with, they don't like it. What is your deal with Carmichael and the conflicts of interest, bro? Dude, I, I just, I don't know, man. I just, you know, had a quick, I don't know. I was wondering about why, why Savachi you train with him instead well, of, like, you know, Roxon training with him. And, well, uh, Tyler, or Tyler, that's your name. Uh, Joey <laughs> uh, really trains with Jeannie Carmichael. It's not Ricky. Ricky's probably out there riding a little bit, and, and I'm sure Joey and and uh, Gavin Faith and these guys that are there can lean on Ricky for advice if they needed to. But it's really Jeannie Carmichael's deal. Uh, Ricky's yeah, mom. This is Jeannie's full-time job. Yeah. It's not Ricky's. Yep. So Ricky's there, uh, but um, I don't think he – yeah, he's not training him or anything else like that, uh, Tyler. Yeah, Ricky has a, Ricky has his own life. He's running. You know, he'll go out there every once in yeah. a while, from what I know, and help those guys a little bit. But uh, Jeannie is the day-in and day-out trainer, you know, for those guys. Yeah, They never – like – I guess too. Like I saw Fortner riding with, you know, Canard this weekend, this past weekend or something. Is there? Is there? I guess there's no. They don't really care about that owners like mixing brands with other riders no, riding with other teams. I know it's no. two fifty, four fifty, but no, it is. It's two fifty, four fifty. But if you look at the Baker Factory, they're all you know Anderson and and Dungey trained together. I guarantee you they even uh, not in Anderson and Dungey's case, but these guys jump on each other's bikes even Tyler. You know, they'll take anything if you produce results. They don't care. Don't you can practice with the yeah. devil if you get results on the. Weekend. I like you meet they my new care. trainer, Lucifer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they'll you know what they'll tell you. Hopefully, you do well at Anaheim one. Yeah, that's what they're going to yeah. do. They don't uh, care. Tyler, even though you're, you you seem to be out to get Carmichael, uh, I'm going to give you a helmet, a Fly Racing F2 carbon helmet. Oh, all right, sweet. Were you saying it. in spite of the fact that he was out to get in Carmichael? In spite of the fact he's out to get Carmichael for a conflict of interest. Um, hey, I love Carmichael. Please clarify that for me. I know you're no. not understanding. Uh, I'm not a fan, but I'm not, I'm not right. going to nail Carmichael for conflict of interest like Tyler. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think he's fine. Right. So, Tyler, do you have a bike? Do you want this helmet? Oh, yeah. I got a YZ250F. I'll take a helmet. Okay, Fly Racing F2 Carbon Helmet. The official helmet of uh, Justin Brayton, Davey Millsaps, Weston Pike, Trey Kennard, all that. Stay on hold, guys. stay on hold, bud. All right, uh, next question here. Dale, what's let's be, up? Let's be real for a second. What? Hold on. What? Hold on. You gave that guy a helmet because he doesn't like Ricky. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> I, I, There's no way that's not true. No, no, it's not. I would say it. If it was true, right. I'd say it. I don't care. Right. I, I just, okay. he, I mean, yeah, he seems to be really, I like how he's uh, really trying to pin this, 
uh, conflict of interest thing, even though he's getting shot down by us. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you can all have right. a helmet. So, all right, Dale, what's up? What's going on, man? What's happening? So, I got a question. Uh, I know Cole Sealing and Trey Crown, their contracts are up next year, right? Yep. For Honda. So, if uh, those two are fighting for the last spot for the second spot on the team, um, do you think Trey Kennard get it over Sealy? It's a great question. Over? Yeah, we've debated it. Uh, I think Kennard's better outdoors than Sealy. Uh, Sealy's probably better than Kennard indoors by a little bit. Sealy's younger. I think, Dale, JT, I'll ask you, but it might come down to just what are you willing to ride for? What, what's your price to stay on the team? As far as I know, Sealy already signed his deal. I think he did too, but I've been yeah, I've been yeah, told. I think, that, I think I don't know if that decision hinges on the other, but I, I think Sealy's already signed up. But in the case of choosing them, in the case of choosing, them. Uh, yeah, that would, would they be... add a third spot? <sighs> they could. I mean, they have Bogle. You know, Bogle's the third guy now, so they've already obviously found a way to budget for parts and all that. The problem is, is it's. I think they, and and we are not confirming this, but from what I know, you know, I think that Ken Roxon will be there, uh, and they stretched pretty damn far to get that deal done. So I don't know what they have left in the budget to pay a rider like Trey, who's a pretty highly paid guy. So but when it comes that's where I think the, the trouble will be. But when the dudes were choosing, when Dan Bentley and all those dudes were choosing be- between Kennard and Seeley, uh, what do you think, JT? What would be going oh, into that decision? I think decision? that Sealy's number was much lower, and that made the, the, that yeah, decision okay. very easy. Yeah, so uh, they, could, they knew they could do Sealy's deal now, and it wouldn't affect anything else. Um, and I think they'll probably have to wait and see where you know how this trade thing unfolds. Yeah. So you see what I mean? Uh, you see what I mean, uh, Dale? By it depends on yeah. like like both guys are great. Both guys have pluses and negatives. But what can we get a guy for under D? What can we get a guy for uh, well, I mean, contract wise? You think you think Kennard would take a a pay cut just to stay on Honda since he's been on Honda practically his whole life. Uh, I don't think I don't think these guys care that much, man. They, 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 they I mean, want to make a, money. He was a team yeah. green guy his whole life before he was a Honda guy. Yeah, so I, keep oh, that in mind. Yeah, I think Dale. When it comes to these things, it's money, man. Like how much do, you know, just like you and your job and everything else. Like I want to make money for a living, and and you know, so that's yeah, it. That's true. So okay. right. I think there's a Appreciate there's a thanks, chance. Man. Thanks, Dale. Appreciate it. I think there's a pretty good chance that Trey ends up. On a Honda still, just on a different program. Something else, yeah. Somebody else gives yeah. him gives him some help, and and he gets maybe factory parts or whatever. You know, one yeah. of the things about this Stewart Honda thing that uh, we've heard in the pits is is um, that there's also how many parts you're going to have. It's a brand new bike next year. You know, yep. how much parts can these guys have? How much can they order? Right. How much can get produced? And people don't understand that. Um, um, that that's kind of things that go on, you know, these things behind the scenes. Suspension is another thing. Like it, when, when a guy gets factory suspension. So, um, yeah, I know, uh, with the new KTM, it was a, it was a big problem for those guys. They didn't even get to ride the new bike until <laughs> the end of November, almost the beginning of December that year. And that's true. you're right. Yeah. The first, and gen, you know how that gen. works. Yeah. The first as, gen. Yeah. Yeah. Once you, you know, and you've been through this process, but once you go test, then they decide, okay, this is what we need. And then they have to order all that stuff. So it, it yeah, really puts a, a crunch on time. It's like when a you're six, late like that. At Yamaha, when I was there, it was like a six week lead time. We had yeah. to all our settings done and locked in and, you know, yep. and everything else. So, uh, all right, JT, before we let you go here, we're going a little bit longer because, uh, our server wasn't working. We didn't, so we started later. So we'll go a little bit longer, 250 East West shootout this weekend. Now we did the NFAB fantasy moto, uh, podcast that's up, uh, uh, now on the site, but, um, I don't like Cooper Webb or Mookie to win this. Uh, Cooper's got a bad wrist. Mookie, I think he's just going to do what he can do to get the title. Like I could even see Mookie in the lead, getting heat and backing it backing down and taking a second or third or whatever 
to clinch the title. I like Zach Osborne for the win. You like Marty. Yeah, I do. And I think with Mookie, if he, you know, he's been a great starter this season. If he gets the whole shot or he's second place, I think he's going to put, he's going to ride at a pace where he's comfortable. Uh, I think with this track, there's two Dragonbacks in a row. There's a really long set of whoops. Honestly, that pace may be good enough to win. Uh, but I don't, I just don't see him pushing past that pace. You know, if, if Marty or Christian Craig or insert anyone in there comes up and, and is all over him and basically is going to force him to push the envelope, I don't think he's going to be willing to do that. I think he will just continue the pace he's at, and, hey, if you can go faster than this, then go ahead, but I'm going this speed because I know I won't crash. Right. Uh, that's how I think he'll do it. That's how I would do it uh, because he, he's put himself in a position where he doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we we like a neither title guy to win the race. Uh, I, I yeah, yeah I, I firmly believe that neither of them will win. The only caveat I would add to that is if Malcolm is just so damn good in the whoops and in the dragonbacks that he he can basically do what he did last week and almost cruise around the rest of the track. Mm-hmm. Uh, then then that scenario could open up the door for him to win. I'm telling you. Vegas is a weirdo race. Jeremy Martin won, Bowers won, Andrew Short won all those years ago. Look for Zach Osborne to get his first career win in an East-West shootout. Ryan Sipes as well. Ryan Sipes, forgot about that. Yeah, you just never yeah. know. Tits, what do you yeah. think? East or West guy, and who wins this combined race? Thanks. I like Webb. Thanks for that exhale. I like Webb. <laughs> Thanks for the exhale in the mic. And you like a guy whose wrist is, is possibly broken. He's a gamer, bro. He's not going to let no freaking hurt wrist. I was actually just watching the track map. Did you see the start? Yeah, it's cool. That's it. It's definitely long. They are hauling ass. Yeah, they will be. Uh, I wish I never would ask Tits that question. <laughs> i got to be honest, because he first sighed into the microphone, then he said a guy whose wrist is possibly broken. Um, it's going to be interesting, though, for sure, um, to see this race and to see maybe some of the politics that come involved as far as pit boards. Uh, hey, we need this, we need that, you know, move up, move forward, move back. You know, Martin, you know, hey, Plessinger is pressing, putting heat on you. Martin, let move over, you know, or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. All that stuff kind of comes into play. I think, uh, you know, this this uh, West Coast title is going to be shades of Will Hahn a couple of years ago when he had a broken hand. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, how much pain can you withstand and, and how functional are you? Uh, it'll be interesting to watch. I think the first practice will be very telling. Also, too, the heat races, top nine go in. It's going to start right off the bat with, with uh, a main event to get into the main, into the main event, a, a stacked 22-man gate to get into the main if you look this weekend's if you look at this weekend's results from the east um Bichelia, hampshire are all going the lcq you know they're finished outside the top nine yeah in the heat race I, I remember my own shootout days and that heat race was i mean it was a main event and you had to get top nine in the main event to get to transfer you know that yeah. that's just how it was so it's it's a high pressure situation for those guys because you only have six laps to work with Absolutely. All right, buddy. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it, no and uh, we will see you uh, in Vegas uh, here on uh, on Saturday morning. Sounds good. See All right. Thanks. All right, everybody. That's it. Fly Racing Motor Sixty Show. We're off next week. Then we're coming back for the outdoors. We will be at all twelve rounds of the outdoors. Tits, thank you for your great job. Really crappy prediction, but we'll see. We'll see. Man of confidence yes, over there. Yes, we'll see. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, we'll be back before Hangtown to do the Fly Race and Moto City Show. Thanks to Fly. Thanks to NFAB. See you in a couple weeks.